Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Steven, are you up for a little holiday-themed multiple-choice quiz question? Let's do it. All right. Which of these is not a new Hallmark Christmas movie coming this year? Number one, The Santa Stakeout, where two police detectives go undercover as a married couple to solve a string of heists. Um, Number two, Boyfriends of Christmas Past, where a woman is visited by, you guessed it, the ghosts of her ex-boyfriends slash realizes she's falling for a friend. Or number three, a very 2021 Christmas where the Grinch finally successfully steals Christmas by disrupting the global supply chain. Which of those isn't a real movie? You know, I can't wait to binge watch all three on the Hallmark channel. <laughs> um, but but I'm going to have to go with C on that one. <laughs> you, you are correct. You're a mean one. Mr. Grinch. I am a mean one, Mr. Siegel, Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch, and today it's not a Hallmark movie, but it could be a worrisome reality for President Biden. Stephen Overly on how the White House is scrambling to address global supply chain issues and avoid a Christmas crisis. I think the big challenge with the global supply chain right now is that there is no one challenge with the global supply chain right now. You know, there's several different factors, all of which are compounding to create what could be kind of a a crisis this Christmas. So, you know, it starts initially with the coronavirus pandemic, as all things do nowadays. And basically, as consumers, the products that we buy and our demand for those products has shifted because of the pandemic. And so people are buying a lot more electronics, a lot more toys for their kids, a lot more furniture for their home. And as a result, all of those products have to get here from Asia. And the process for doing so, what we call the supply chain, has become Uh, very congested and really has struggled to keep up with that demand. And, And so we've seen that manifest in a number of different ways, whether that's, you know, backlogs at the ports, Um, And for consumers, they're seeing that show up as empty store shelves and longer delivery times for their orders. You kind of talked about this when you were mentioning like toys for kids and electronics and stuff. But are there any particular goods that are like most affected by this? I mean, Grinch jokes aside, are are, are these things that we traditionally consider like Christmas or Hanukkah gifts um, that are in short supply? You know, I think electronics have been particularly challenged this this year mm-hmm. and, and going into this holiday season because there's a number of different factors involved. You know, we've spoken in the past about the shortage in semiconductors, which yeah. are these chips that go inside every electronic device. So if you take the shortage of microchips and you add in the supply chain issues of getting those electronics from Asia to the United States... You know, that's kind of a category of products that's just been really challenged. Mm. But, you know, I think consumers can expect to see shortages in a number of different areas this holiday season, from children's toys to even some food items at the grocery store. So this is something that could be a problem for 
President Biden. I mean, looking at like Fox News, there have already been a bunch of segments, you know, showing him with a green face, um, making jokes about like Biden being the Grinch heading into Christmas. Um, What is and what can the White House do to try to solve this problem? I mean, I know it's a global problem that you said, like, has a bunch of, of factors contributing to it. But what is the White House doing? Sure. And just to give you one anecdote on kind of the political backlash that Biden is facing, um, yesterday, Senator Rick Scott of Florida, Republican, tweeted a meme of Biden as the Grinch, uh, accompanied with a Dr. Seuss-style poem about how, you know, in Joe Biden's socialist America, store shelves and stockings are empty or or something to that effect. Mm. So I I do think you'll see Republicans latch on to this for some political points, um, especially as Christmas gets closer. But Biden is really in a tough spot here because there is not a lot that the federal government can do on its own to address these issues. You know, first of all, they're global in nature. And second of all, this supply chain that we've been talking about is really privately owned. You know, even Mm. the ports, you know, the, the freight rail services, the trucking companies, the retailers, you know, these are all private entities that make their own decisions. They're largely free from government oversight. And so that's limited in some ways what the Biden administration can really do here to respond to the problem. You know, one thing that they have done is they've appointed this ports envoy, a man named John Picari, who previously worked for the Transportation Department, to basically, as one administration official put it, kind of get everyone in a room and knock heads, you know, get all of these Port operators, railroad operators, trucking companies, retailers, kind of get them all around the table and basically get them talking to each other and trying to coordinate better. Mm. And, you know, we saw some fruits of that labor announced from the White House this week. But ultimately, the administration is leaning really heavily here on the industry to solve this problem. We mentioned like truckers um, and and the retail end of things. I mean, I I think like everybody's aware at this point that there is a problem with a lot of places um, having the staff that they need in in some job sectors. Um, A lot of that's come from the pandemic. Is that a contributing factor here? Like there not literally being enough people to work in stores selling things or, or drive the trucks that are delivering these things? The labor shortage is absolutely one of the factors here contributing to this problem. I mean, you know, for instance, we heard from the White House this week that they are pushing the Port of Los Angeles to begin operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They want to see, you know, freight services and trucking companies do the same thing. But realistically, that raises questions of, okay, if all of these systems do start operating on a 24-7 schedule, who's going to staff that? You know, are there enough truckers to drive all of those routes when we already know that there's a national shortage of truckers? Mm -hmm. Are there enough longshoremen to unload all of this cargo from the ships, you know, from the ports? Um, That's a real question. You know, I should say that labor unions were part of the White House announcements this week. They have committed to kind of staffing these new shifts and working around the clock. But, you know, we know that there is a labor shortage and that they've struggled to find workers already. So I do think there's real questions and doubts about whether or not they will be able to, you know, staff all of these additional hours as they try to, you know, relieve the congestion in the supply chain. Hmm. 
I don't know if this is something that you'll be able to answer, but I mean, I'm just curious. You you were saying so much of this starts with the pandemic. And I mean, lifestyle wise, I feel like a lot of people, you know, had sort of everything that they were comfortable with and, and feeling used to uprooted by the pandemic. And similarly, like with these supply chain issues, we're seeing some of these products and things that we've sort of taken for granted, like being able to have any electronics we want at our door in, in just a couple days. And I'm curious, like with all this talk of the coronavirus potentially becoming something that we're just going to have to learn to live with, like as a part of everyday life for who knows how long is is there anything similar with this supply chain issue? Like, do we know if and when this could actually end? Or are we sort of seeing, like, I don't know, global expectations for what we can have as consumers, you know, cracking at this point? I think that's a really good question because, you know, some factors of the pandemic will presumably ease over time, right? So, you know, some of the instances where we've seen ports or factories closed down because of COVID outbreaks, as more people are vaccinated, as we have better treatments for coronavirus, those should become less of a problem. Consumer demand should maybe normalize to some degree as people return to going out to restaurants, going to concerts, going to movie theaters, and spending more of their money on entertainment and experiences as opposed to consumer goods. That being said, you know, we have gotten used to buying more stuff. And as you said, as, you know, American consumers, we are now conditioned that anything we want to purchase, we should be able to order online and get delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, right? Or go out to the store and get it right now. And and that just may be realistically harder, at least for the foreseeable future. Every sort of supply chain expert you talk to says that this new demand on the supply chain is not going to go away. So the reality is that in the long term, we need to expand the supply chain. We need to add container ships. We need to expand our ports. We need to modernize and expand our railway systems um, and our and our trucking systems. And unless we do that, then these bottlenecks will continue to be a problem. Already, when you talk to economists, when you talk to analysts, you know, their, their projections for how long these supply chain issues will last have only gotten longer. Now they're talking about, you know, the latter half of 2022, even into 2023. But but again, they've they've kept extending those projections. So I would not be surprised if we start to hear folks talking about 2024 and beyond as really when we get a handle on some of these supply chain issues. Stephen Overly, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you for having me. Also, today, the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee is recommending that the agency authorize booster doses of Moderna's COVID vaccine for the elderly and younger people at high risk because of their underlying health, occupations, or other factors. On Thursday, the panel unanimously voted to recommend giving the shots at least six months after initial immunization. The recommendation would apply to largely the same groups currently eligible for the Pfizer booster shot. And the vote sets up the FDA to make a formal regulatory call on Moderna's request to amend its emergency use authorization to allow for booster shots for certain people. And 
Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is vowing to sue the Biden administration over COVID vaccine mandates. The GOP governor on Thursday said his state will challenge in federal court and through legislation any mandates placed on employers or others by the White House, saying, quote, Let's not have Biden come in and effectively take away, threaten to take away, the jobs of people who have been working hard throughout this entire pandemic. DeSantis' comments follow those of Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who earlier this week banned vaccine requirements in his state. The Politico Dispatch production team includes senior editor Raghu Manavalan, senior producer Jenny Ament, and executive producer... Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.